0: two girls talking you know what that means it's time to talk what's going on in the world how about your business how about your life let's talk it out two girls talking
1: hey everyone it's ashley
0: and it's anna and this week we are going to focus on business the business of being successful and the business of being a successful woman yes business. love it our guest today is Sonia Pelia. she is a marketing expert with a proven record of increasing sales with tech companies and in fact fun fact working with one company Sonia helped to double the sales income and the company did not even have a sales team
1: incredible oh my gosh she slays it
0: she did she is also and this is so interesting to me she also calls herself a longtime feminist dating back to when she was 14 years old so in addition to her businesses sonia also works with nonprofits to end gender-based violence welcome
2: thank you so much ashley and anna i i'm so honored to be here and i have to say i've been big fans of you guys ever since you did this classes on how to present yourself on zoom and not look like people are looking up your nose etc And uh, I'm so happy to talk about two topics that I love. Tech yeah, and we're so cool.
1: excited. Thank you so much, Sonia. And it's been, it's, it's like, I've been so excited to talk to you. So first, why don't you tell our listeners uh, a bit about you, your backstory? And, and in particular, how did you come to focus on tech companies?
2: So when I moved from India, and you can tell a little bit from my accent, but I've lived most of my adult life in the U.S., I moved to the Silicon Valley and I took a class um, and this was a 286 computer, desktop computer. And I just fell in love with the idea of tech, even though I had never seen a computer used one. My degree was in English honors, psychology and economics. Mm. And the valley is such a place, the Silicon Valley, you need passion and you need a desire to learn and you can find a path through pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. And now with the internet, of course, that's another story we should talk about. Uh, but I became a tech writer initially at big tech companies, startups, and now I do marketing. This is my third career. And I do marketing particularly at tech startups. Okay.
0: Well, one thing that's interesting to me, because you do work so much with startups, you also work a lot with women. And the tech industry is incredibly male-dominated, dominated from the engineers all the way up to the CEOs. So. Yeah how do you mentor women how do you teach women to rise the ranks raise up raise the rank uh, go up in the ranks um succeed in it in the tech world you know
2: um i did not realize for the longest time that there was this huge network a men dominated network and uh when i realized this about 14 15 years ago i was already doing gender equality work and peer counseling I decided to make a conscious decision to mentor women. You know, in the end, it's about helping each other, not pulling the ladder behind us.
1: Yeah. So the the
2: thing that you mentioned that it's so incredibly tech dominated. People say things like, "Oh, we care about diversity and inclusion," but you know, in the end, what do you do actively to increase diversity and inclusion in tech companies? And for me, at this point, it's really very much actively encouraging women. I uh, mentor startup founders at two incubators. I am involved with another boot camp uh, on a regular basis where we constantly promote women founders. But I also reach out to millennial Gen Z women that work for me or in other departments and say to them, I'm happy to be your mentor as a way of giving back. And I think as I've grown older, and I'm sure it's true for the two of you, I know Ashley is much younger, than me uh uh, but for me i've become very radical about uh walking the line that i've said that if i'm Mm -hmm. going to really mentor then i have to make time for it and i think i i'm not going to wait anymore to say hey we should get our fair share there are so many bright women and you know underrepresented minorities we've got to help them come up to speed
0: that is that's interesting that is so interesting because in your bio that you sent us it's right there you know, Sonia is a feminist since the age of fourteen. That's actually in your bio. Love that. I, thought- I
1: feel like everyone should we should like all women should put that in their bios. I know. Like, I wish I could say that I've been a feminist since fourteen. I actually didn't turn to more feminist since in my thirties. But now you can ask my husband; he'll be like, "Oh my god, you were such a feminist." But <laughs> I'm glad I've been enlightened, Sonia. I'm inspired by you for for knowing um, just so early on, like who you truly are. So. I want to
2: tell you the truth, though. I always was fighting for equal rights with boys when I was growing up. I didn't know there was a word called feminist. So that <laughs> word has been inserted later. Thank
0: you, Gloria Steinem.
2: Yes, thank
0: you. My mm-hmm. father was a feminist,
2: and he was, oh. a yes, he was a lawyer in the Indian Army, and we are three sisters. And you know, his thing was, you should get everything that I didn't get an opportunity to do. So we were very fierce. And, uh, you know, we would always be arguing that, why are boys allowed to do this and girls are not allowed? And then as I grew older, I realized, oh, there's a word for it. And it basically means equal rights. Mm -hmm. I think people um, have taken this word and sort of tried to make it pejorative. It's not. If you stand for equal rights for boys and girls, men
1: and women, then you're a feminist. That's all there is to it. Oh, Wow. Is that your definition of it? Meaning that if you're a feminist if you stand for equal rights. Yep. Yeah, that's it. yeah. That's
2: the fundamental okay. meaning of feminist, yes.
0: Truth bomb. Truth bomb right there. That is that's fact. That really yeah. is and I'll tell you because um, I work I, I, I did some work uh, with, with the very wonderful people uh, for the equal rights amendments when it, it passed here in Virginia. And that was one of the things that was like so very amazing to me that it was equal rights for all. Everybody looks at the ERA and they think it's just about women. And in fact, it's not. And, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, her dying, when she died, I had already seen the movie, but when she died, uh, after she died, I I had my daughter and her friends watch the movie on the basis of sex. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg, for all that she did for women, and there's absolutely no doubt that she did so much, so many doors were opened because of her actions, Her very first case with the ACLU, the one that actually got her foot in the door of working towards getting women's rights, was actually defending a man. Mm. She had to take up the, the, the case of a man who was discriminated against by the United States tax code to introduce equal rights, which I find ironic and just so incredibly brilliant. And just surprising as well. You don't think that, but her first case was with a man.
2: And I think each of us, I'll tell you a really interesting thing, Anna, is that each of us, as we go through our life at work or home or, you know, nonprofits that we are passionate about, etc. I think if you think with the lens of access. So I'll tell you a really interesting story. Mm. I had not met when I was growing up in India, I had not met anyone who was openly gay. And so, you know, um, I moved here and my second job was at a tech company. And uh, the technical writing department was dominated by the LGBTQ. uh, There was no QQ then it was LGBT uh, community. Mm -hmm. And many of the people when I met them, they would uh, make sure to tell me that they were gay in the first conversation. And I would think to myself, why do I need to know that it's their orientation. And then finally, uh, one of my best friends is from that uh, that company. So I asked her many years later that when you introduced me, uh, inter- we were introduced, you you brought this thing that you were gay in the first few five minutes. And she said, oh, there were many people, once they would find out I was gay, they would stop talking to me. So mm-hmm. I made it a point. And that blew my mind that you would judge somebody on their sexual orientation. And uh, for mm-hmm. me, it was... This idea of equality, um, if I'm a fierce feminist saying men and women are equal, then why would I shut the door on any other minority or underrepresented group, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You've got to go beyond this definition of, so I want my equal rights, I'm a brown woman, but what about the other people, right? Shouldn't they have a seat at the table? Yeah. And, you know, operating from this idea of abundance that everyone should get it and we form a better society, a better company, a better um, a tech company that makes more profit. We were talking about profitability before you know, we started the recording. I think it, it really, truly does increase. You get different perspectives.
0: Right. Absolutely you do. Absolutely I, you do.
1: I'm curious for you, Sonia, having been in the tech industry for a while now, how you've seen it evolve and better support, you know, the feminist movement? Um, Because like, yes, it's still a male dominated industry, but I do think it's come a long way. Um, And I know this from like tech companies I've worked with or am working with that have more women. So I'm curious how you've seen it evolve over the years uh, and better support women.
2: You know, initially, when I started working in tech, it was definitely very, um, I I could see the misogyny. Um, You know, people, I would be in a meeting of 15 or 16 men, and somebody would make a joke, sexual joke. And Uh, I I would, you know, sometimes I actually didn't understand the joke. But if I did, I just pretended I didn't understand. And I would just look very innocently and say, Oh, what does that mean? And, you know, and then, um, as the years passed, and I think, uh, taking that space and saying, you know, I don't stand for it. I don't stand for gender jokes. I don't stand for um, gay jokes. I don't stand for uh, Muslim jokes. I don't stand mm-hmm, for any of mm-hmm. this stuff. And then what the shift began to happen with the millennials and the Gen Z. Yeah. You asked me about putting this, the fact in my bio that I'm a feminist. I wouldn't have done that five years ago. I think the millennials and the Gen Z really care about fairness and equality so much. I am just so proud of them Mm -hmm. that they have said they will work at companies that are are fair, that are equal. You see the big tech companies that are hugely successful in the Valley. You have engineers walking out. This would not have happened 25 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Even talking about the work you do. Um, like for example, the work I do in nonprofit work, I only started including this about seven, eight years ago in my in mm-hmm. my profile because, you know, there was a very conformist box that you had to fit in, and uh, there was no space for this kind of conversation. Um, my you know my daughter went to a very um, a gay not friendly. It was, it, they actually said that they were LGBTQQ. Um, uh, Proponents, you know, uh, advocates and supporters. It was a, it was a campus, and I was so proud that we've come to this point where people feel safe. Right? Mm-hmm. right. It's not about saying I'm. Oh, I support mm-hmm. you rights. No, no. It, this is really about inclusion and inclusive society. Yeah, the you know, tech company still has a way to go. Honestly, um, Ashley, uh, there are many companies you hear stories. Um, you know, I. I've seen sometimes, and you have to speak up, but but I think if we all step up and say, and there are a lot of men allies now, which is amazing. I see more yes. fe- openly feminist men. And I think yeah. their husbands and their wives are changing the story for them also.
0: You know, it's interesting you say that because uh, one of my dear friends, for a very long time, I've known her way before she ever got married. Um, she, I know she's a feminist. I know. But when I spoke to her husband, this is back when they were dating, he was like, she's not a feminist. And I was like, yeah, she is. Yeah. I mean, and this was like 20 plus years ago. I was like, "Uh, yeah, she is. Yes, she is. And it's interesting that you said that because I don't think he knew exactly what the definition of a feminist was. I think that he thought that this was this woman who was standing on top saying, don't give me my fair rights. Give me what i want which is honestly an idea that i think a lot of men have about feminism but it's not it's not that i'm here to tell you it's not but it was very interesting to me and now i think that 20 plus years later his idea of who his wife is who my friend is has has changed i don't know that he would say that he still thinks she is that but i i know he wouldn't give her that label but i know that he knows that's who she is mm-hmm. So if you are educated equally, your
2: parents have spent the same effort in raising you. And I'm talking about more conservative cultures, perhaps. Um, and why should you not have access to the same right opportunities, the same kind of growth in companies, right? Absolutely. Um, give me a chance to prove that I can do it. And the, the, this is one thing about the Valley, which I really like, is that... Um, there is um, there is that part which is more conservative in bigger companies, older companies, but in younger companies and startups, there's really what do you bring to the table. So right. I, you know, the funny story because I'm I'm older, right, and I hire a lot of younger people in marketing, and sometimes when I'll talk about like TikTok or one of the newer things. Sometimes the younger people look at me and say, you know about TikTok? And I'm like, (laughs) yes, I don't live under a log, right? (laughs) So I think it sort of goes both ways, right? Educating people who are coming up and the advantages they've received from the movement, from Gloria Steinem, from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the laws that we have. Uh, You know, the fact that we can own property. We don't need a co-signer on bank accounts. Fundamental things. These are things we fought for, which is kind of shocking. But now they're all standard. Right. That's true. Thank That's God. True. They're
1: standard. I mean, thank God. Um, all right. So Sonia, I it's so fun fact about you. You work with tech leaders to become thought leaders. I know what this means in my world of PR, but can you tell our listeners what that means to help people become thought leaders?
2: So I think for tech founders, um, they have this vision that they're solving a big, hairy problem. Right uh and uh if you have an engineering background not everyone is used to the idea of talking telling your story with the passion and the intensity that it really deserves and uh, so part of my job as a cmo chief marketing officer uh, in startups is to help uh, uncover and polish the story Uh, it's not about uh, making things up but it's really about authenticity of the story mm-hmm. why did a tech founder uh, come up with this amazing solution and then to help them tell the story uh, in various forums whether it's uh, you know on the Tech Forbes Council whether it's mm-hmm. a media story whether it's getting up on a stage and giving a keynote or being in a conference in a marketing conference or a tech conference but it's really uh, bringing forth your passion, your commitment, um, the wildness of your idea in terms that people can understand. Right. You you tell me your story in technical terms, I may not have a tech background and I may just zone out after 30 seconds, but if you tell me the value of your solution, how
0: it's gonna change the world, hey, sign me up, right? Right, right, exactly. Oh, wow, so what what does that look like? What does that entail? Um, What do you have to do? Yeah, and I think
1: this would be good advice for our listeners, like whether they're, you know, in the tech industry or not, but they're looking to become a thought leader in their field. What advice can you give them? So I think um, brand
2: can be a misused word. It's again, like the feminist word, right? Mm -hmm. A brand to me is your personal, a personal brand, founder brand. You have a business, right? Perhaps you have a business. Your brand, you must have. Complete clarity on your personal brand. What do you stand for? What is the story of your origin? How you came to this solution? Can you tell me if you meet me in an elevator? Can you tell me in three sentences what who you are and what do you do? And then I can have a conversation with you, which lasts for an hour, a couple of hours, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Mm-hmm. But what is the uh, what are your brand values? Do you do you value authenticity? Do you value um, Startups, do you value uh, passion? Do you value? And so I think what happens a lot of people, they know it inside, but they've never documented it. They've never created their personal brand. They've right. never said, these are the things that are important to me. I, I want to change the world in environmentalism. Well, how are you going to do this, right? And uh, it doesn't matter whether you're the, uh, you are the know president of a country or you're um, getting into your first job or you're a business owner or you're a startup founder. You really need to know who you are, where you came from, what are you doing, and the more crisper your story, and the more uh, uh, you know, uh, simpler it is, uh, more people will understand and engage with you on a human front. You know, in the end, uh, you humans make decisions to buy, even right. the biggest tech company that makes five million dollar deals. In the end, a human being made the decision to buy. Why do I buy shoes from a particular brand and I don't buy shoes from another brand? Yeah. Right? I go, I go, You know, uh, the Zappos story is an amazing story. They care about their customers so much. Mm-hmm. Maybe you care about the environment and you want to buy vegan shoes, right? So if you are selling vegan shoes and you don't have the story to be told, then uh, how, what distinguishes you from everyone else selling in your space?
0: Right, right, right. How do
2: you
1: set yourself apart? Exactly. Yes. Wow. That's so True. Yeah. Such great. I think that's such great advice. And that's something that, you know, I teach in even in, uh, in the work that I do in PR, uh, how important it is to one, separate yourself and communicate your message in a way that people understand. Like you mm-hmm. said, if someone's on an elevator and what, like you ask what you do, you're able to say it in three sentences Right. right. In, in 10 seconds or less.
2: You know, also, I think, actually one of the things, I don't know if you've noticed this, that uh, people sometimes, especially women, feel shy about claiming
0: success. Absolutely. Yes, we.
1: I uh, used to be shy. Now I'm not about it. I mean, but yeah. Who you? Like, Yeah, we're all three successful women here. Like, yes, not hold back. <laughs> right, right.
0: No, I mean, it, it, it's very interesting. On the, on the, We were talking earlier about another project that I, I'm working on. Do you know that I'm the only woman on the crew?
1: I'm the only woman
0: on the crew and now where we are and what we're doing the people on air it's it's quite equitable but you know it's it's I'm the only woman on the crew and then you know for you I take that back there's one assistant there's one assistant but she came on late she came on later
2: but if you didn't position your story as with your expertise uh, with your expertise, right? I mentor a lot of younger women, uh, Gen Z, millennials, in my career as a way of giving back. And I was talking to this young woman who was looking for an uh, internship. And, uh, you know, we were talking about ling- going to LinkedIn and looking. And then uh, after a couple of weeks, I said, So, how many did you find? And she said, Two. And I said, um, So, no, no, there are more. And she said, Well, I only qualify for two. And I said, No. If you qualify, three things out of the 10, apply and Mm -hmm. she had a boyfriend and I said, okay, so ask your boyfriend how many internships did he apply for? And he applied for 60, 60. Mm six-year-old. And she said, they're not 60 out there. And he said, well, um, I looked at them and I could do one or two things, I applied. Women, our problem is that we want to not only do the checklist on page one, but we want to flip the page and imagine further, what else could they
0: ask me and check that out and then self-rule yourself out. It's so true. It's so true. I've heard that so often that... Yeah. People will apply for jobs, and I always find it funny um, when I applied for jobs, and I, I'm not anymore, obviously. But um, when I applied for jobs, I would be overqualified, and then I would get these these uh, these these form letters that say you're not qualified. <laughs> and I was because you're like, overqualified. I I, like, what exactly does that mean? I, I I've done of the eight things that you have asked for, I've done twelve. You know, I mean, I, I know how to advance and everything, but it, it it is amazing. It is amazing that women have that mentality. And I'm older than Ashley, and it took me a while to break that, to break that mentality. It really did. When I, yeah, when I hire people, and I build small teams, large teams, I don't
2: hire for the description of the, the job. I hire for the person. That is this person going to come in and be excited about learning? Yeah. Uh, i going to grow into the role do they have about 60% of what I need? And then is this a personality fit? And then, you know, the person always flourishes. Right. You know, this is one tactic for me. I found amazing employees, amazingly successful people who have worked for me sometimes at multiple companies for this very reason.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing. I always tell my children, um, as as our listeners know, you know, I, I have teenagers, Ashley has younger kids. And my son you know and his friends when they're going out and they're doing their extracurriculars not right now in the time of covid but uh their extracurriculars when they're doing you know this that, and looking for jobs i always tell them honey it's it's the intangibles that bosses are looking for it's not just fabulous grades That's yeah, that is, a person in life mm-hmm. yeah so that's why i push you to go on those little Catholic retreat missions, you know, to go out and and to help these people do, you know, build or whatever, I have you do this, you know, um, I make you do these things because it's the intangible, you know, Mm -hmm. can you stick to something?
2: So I think if you think of women in tech, and there's a great correlation of what you said, so many of us are uncomfortable bringing out the parts of our personality we think may not add value, but why not give it a try and see how do you fit into this? Mm-hmm. so when you're applying for a position how do you position yourself as the premier candidate with the intangibles Right. right. You've, done an, you've done an amazing job as an Instagrammer right? perhaps you have a personal Instagram account I'm talking about marketing specifically yeah. or let's say that you're an engineer you're a woman engineer and you've attended um, growth hacking boot camps for coding why not try to bring this whole personality and then I think there would be more opportunities to apply for and this right. could change even the gender balance in tech companies. Mm-hmm.
0: It's true. I think that men. So yeah, I, I think that men go go for it more so than women, and, and that's just I don't know. But perhaps that's a, that's a societal norm, and actually, in my generation, that's what I
1: think it is. I talk about this all the time. That like this is how we've been raised, how society has raised yeah. us, how, how yeah. our parents have taught us. How we and allow I think ourselves. It's up to us like to break that and we allow it so we need to break that with our children and with ourselves so we can deconstruct these societal norms like i mean uh, i talk about this almost every day now given the state of our world but I, i i blame society but i also blame myself too i don't do this anymore like i'm now i'm like you know no shame no apologies very unapologetic in who i am but i used to be very uh, timid in that way. Um, so I, it's just up to us to teach our children, like
0: just to go out and get it and don't be afraid to
1: take risks and
0: yeah, be but an like, example. But, but, but that takes me back a little bit to what Sonia said earlier about the gen, the gen Z's and the, and, and, the millennials. I, I think you're right that, uh, oh, I know you're right, Sonia, that, that for them, and this is, this is actually in my, my kids' generations. Um, they take so many things that, I don't wanna say they take it for granted, but it's just the norm for them. When it comes to sexual orientation, when it comes to fairness, uh, when it comes to not seeing the differences that perhaps in our generation, we were subliminally or subconsciously um, given to note, they don't see that. They don't know those things. You know, especially when, it, for when I know that when it comes to, to, to gender, um, my, I've taken great pains not to have my son, you know, to see the fairness in everything. and everything. And, and my daughter, my gosh, my daughter is, is a, a force of nature. Sure. <laughs> um, she's, a, she's, a, she's a pain in my rear end right now at the age of 13, but um, when she is 24 and 25 and, you know, leading the charge and ruling the world, everybody watch out because that's already who she is. Um, So I'll take credit for that too. But um, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to see what they don't stand for.
2: And I think, and i think what has happened you know so the the social media the internet is a double-edged sword right absolutely. there's a good part where you can re- explore you can understand you can you can uh, you know um do but there are people who you know do want to keep the status quo right absolutely yeah. yes yeah they do and yeah i think um in a way for us uh we are. We need to learn from the younger generations, and that's why sometimes yep. I love hiring younger people because I learn so much from them. Yeah, and I think it, it does make one uncomfortable that I thought I was the forefront of something, and now I'm not. And <laughs> I'll tell you a really interesting um, phenomenon with my daughter, who's twenty. Uh, you know, there's this whole uh, uh, movement about respect and saying identifying your gender pronoun you'd like to be. You Correct. Like. yeah, if, Yeah. 20, yeah. So I read this amazing article and I told my daughter, and in the course of the conversation, I said, she said, and the article was written by somebody whose name is female. And my daughter stopped me and she said, she identified her gender to you. And I said, um, no. And she said, well, why did you say she then? You should have said they. And I was like, I said, okay, I backpedaled and I said, I'm really sorry, I should have been more sensitive, blah, blah, blah. And it was really talking about an issue where gender pronouns are important. Well, three days later, my husband reads the same article and makes the same mistake. And he texts me and he said, is this a thing now? I said, yes, be careful. And and she slashed us down to pieces. Yes. Wow. (laughs) So I'm just saying your daughter, you mentioned, Anna. um, You know, I think they they are thinking in a very different way. And if you learn from them we will repeat the mistakes of, you know, stratifying and growing older. And initially for me, it was really trying to understand uh, what does this mean and how can I make my employees comfortable, right? Yeah, And if that's... I come across as a dinosaur that says, oh, I'm a feminist and that's all I care about. But now I'm trying yeah. to think about inclusion and I'm trying to think about um, gender pronouns. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I, I want to really be respectful of what people need versus what I think should be the world. Mm-hmm. And so having children, young children, and I think actually your children will even be
0: further out there. I know. They're,
1: they're already on their way. <laughs> I can tell
0: you that. <laughs> oh, how fun. Well, let's, let's tell people, Ash uh, or Sonia, tell people how we can find you. Oh, absolutely. You
2: can find me on LinkedIn. Sonia Pelia, my name is very unusual. Uh, I think I may be the only person in the world with this uh, first name and, and last name combo. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a happy connector. If you have something you need from me, I'm happy to help you. Um, and I think as women, um, you know, we need to support each other and operate from a model of abundance rather than scarcity mm. and not pull the ladder up behind us yeah there is a room you know if there's no room at the table we can build a new table people ah! at a investment um vc investment fund we started this investment fund and here's a little uh, small story where we decided uh, the vc world needed to be disrupted because women founders were not getting their due and uh, we decided to launch a venture capital fund and uh how women invest was formed and launched and raised 10 million in two months and 90 percent are women
0: Wow. So
1: let's let's disrupt whatever and make our own table.
0: Absolutely.
1: and it's wow. all about collaboration, not competition. I mean, even in my business and industry, you know, I'm in PR, but I have so many PR friends that we I work with, and it really is. It's like there is enough room at this table. There's enough clients for all of us. So we're all women business owners. Let's lift each other up. And I, I want. It sounds like that's how it is in your or starting to be in your industry and other industries. And I, I love that for our future and our children's future. Thank you know you. let's
2: make our tribe let's whether we are in tech whether we are an in individual business whether you are you know a professional let's make a tribe and let's yeah. people and
0: raise everyone up absolutely yep. i love sonia, it. thank you so much oh my gosh i've had such a good time having this conversation this with been
1: you amazing thank you really for being in our crew and tribe and joining us it's been absolutely. such an honor sonia
0: thank you it has been my pleasure talking about favorite things with people i really like oh thank Yay. you so much listeners we'll see we'll we'll get back and talk to you in two weeks yeah and thank you so much for joining
1: us we always love to hear from you as well we will see you next time thanks for listening to two girls talking